This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast for your author success with the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing show. And as you listen, you'll get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, and how-tos for your author publishing and book marketing success. And I always like to start the show before I introduce my fabulous guests with you today with one of the quotes from my book, Snaffy, Sassy, Salty Success. For authors and writers. So some are shorty quotes, some have a little bit more length. This is a shorty. Political correctness in writing is boring. Don't write what you think people want to hear. Write what you have to say in your heart, in your gut. With that, we have someone who has been writing, telling, speaking from his heart for a long time. He has always had what to say from his gut, realism in person. With me is Michael J. Herman. He's a multi-award winning author and entrepreneur. Since 1977, he's published 17 books. He sold in excess of 2 million copies in specialty markets, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today. His syndicated column, the Motivational Minute Syndicated Column, published from 97 to 2020, has been called the progenitor of the modern-day blog by my pal Tom Antion and the most ubiquitous motivational force in America by the Associated Press. Mike teaches authors how to go from broke to really rich by exploiting their untapped assets. And with that, he calls it their IP. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Judith. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, I should tell everyone, disclaimer, Mike and I have known each other for, what, 40 years, Mike? Judith, I'm not that old. Come on now. Oh. We're we're not that old. Come on. Uh, 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 (laughs) Mike, I have been writing for 40 years. Me too. Actually, my first book was published in 1978 by Random House when I was 12 years old. Oh, well, okay. I have to hear the story. What was the book? It was called Wonders the Ramblings of a 12-Year-Old. And when I was 11, the only way my teachers could keep me in my seat every day and keep me quiet from disturbing the class was to have me write a short story, an essay, a poem, a limerick, a a play, an article, whatever. And at the end of the term, my teacher said to my mother, Mike's written all this amazing material. It should be published. And my mother said, so publish it. And she submitted it to three New York publishers, and the next year, Random House published my first book. Oh, my goodness. So did you go out on an author tour? No, I went out on my bicycle. No, no. (laughs) 
I was a child. I don't even know how much money was made or received. I wasn't part of that negotiation. My parents don't remember. My father's gone. He didn't, he didn't remember. Um, although I will say that I've won many, many, many prestigious writing and speaking, publishing, entrepreneurial awards. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when my parents would have company over, the book that they would pull out is the one they wrote when I was 12. I, I love that. You know, I, I, you, you were ahead of the, the whole, you were ahead of the pandemic, Mike, um, that because everyone was locked in, kids and adults. And I, I don't know how many more people decided they were authors during this time, but I know a lot of books were produced. Now, should they have been produced as another animal? But they were, <laughs> they were produced. Um, during the well, time. I, I, I always I always say that everybody's story should be written, but not everybody's story should be shared. Uh, and I will um, echo that totally. All right, so let's let's jump into the things because you know you certainly under um, the specialty market, which is also known for many as the premium market. Um, well, but wow. you, you you know, and I what I want you to do is talk about. Um, I mean, you, you've done a lot in, in cracking, uh, the code to book business success with what you've done. And you, you've been a producer on television, um, for shows like Living Color and Doogie Howser. I used to watch Doogie Howser, um, and, and a variety of other things. And you've also spoken all over the world and for probably every major company. So I'm not even sure where to start with that because you have spoken in 22 countries. Um, you've had over 7,000 published articles. So, um, so listeners, we have kind of like a um, an overachiever, but that's okay. I think that we all should reach out for that. You also have something called the Herman Method: 30 days or less to your first draft. So I'd love to kiss on that a little bit. Um, how to exploit their IP. So let's start out with what is IP? So IP is intellectual property. It's not just an idea. Okay. It's, it's what you create. Is it, is it music? Is it literary? Is it um, dance? Is it uh, a product? Is it, it's intellectual. It's what's behind the creation. So um, I'd like to narrow it down a little bit to IP of books, if, if I'm Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, one of the things that authors often do is they, A, leave money on the table, and B, they don't run their businesses, they don't act like business people when they're authors. So authors, publishers, writers, artists, dancers, singers, comedians, actors, whatever, tend to think linearly and linearly and abstractly rather than strategically. And what I mean by that is they think step by step or very concretely instead of seeing the whole picture and having a process. So what is your book, your book or IP is a catalog of intellectual property. Your book contains ideas, um, themes, characters, suggestions, um, 
products, places, processes, whatever, your book contains content. And my idea of a book is to use your book as a catalog. Open your book. What what would you like to take out of this catalog? Would you like to order uh, these blue jeans for winter, or would you like to order these water skis for the summer? Well, um, maybe this character in your book is a doll, or maybe this problem in your book is a board game, or maybe it's a song, or maybe it's a... Uh, a um, a, a line of clothing, or maybe maybe it's something else. The point is, what is in your book that you can three-dimensionalize into something else? Well, I love that statement. I love the three-dimensionalize. That's so fun. And uh, no one, no one in all the years, my 40-plus years of writing has ever referred to Mike as a book, as a catalog, with the the ability to create spin-off material, which is what you're talking about, correct? Correct. So think think of uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter oh, yeah. was a book, but you know what? My I, I've been to uh, was it Magic Mountain or Disneyland? Where would they have the, the Harry Potter land? I mean. Universal. Universal Universal Studios, yeah. We have all of them within 10 miles of my house. I forgot which one it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Harry Potter, uh, Disney, uh, Star Wars. Think of Star Wars, how how they've taken Star Wars and turned every character into a TV series or a book series. Every product into every, every item in the story, every weapon or every rock or every I don't know, whatever, that something that someone could see or use in the movie practically has been made into a product that someone can buy or a uh, a, a game that they can play or a service that they can use. And even at, at the amusement parks, it's the whole experience. And people come from around the world now to go to Disneyland and 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 um, Universal to go to these experiences from their books, from these books. And and when they do that experience, they walk out and buy more stuff. More stuff on the action figures, you know, and a great example of what you're talking about is I have a children's author and she she has the Clea uh, series, Clea the Clever Caterpillar, Clea in the Storm, Clea in the Surprise, you know, Clea to the Rescue kind of thing. And I was sitting there working with her at one of our book signings at Barnes and Noble. And I said, you need some finger puppets. You've got all these critters in here. Your kids, these books are for these little kids who love little stuff in that interaction. And I said, we're going to go on. And I we talked to that. And we're just going to order a boatload of these figure puppets. And and they, we actually, you know, kid can get one with every book they get bought. It sold so many more books, Michael. So many more books. Can, can, I, can I give you one of my secret weapons that have generated millions of dollars for us in our company? And you can, but uh, you know what? We're up to our first break. So I want you to hold our listeners with bated breath. Okay. We're going to give them the secret sauce 
to how they can catapult not just selling a book, but so much more. With me is Michael Herman. We'll be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoryou.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Michael J. Herman, and you can reach him. Um, his, I'll give you his email, booksonbooks at AOL.com. Um, and that we were talking about as we went, teased you in going into the break, that uh, how, to, how to make a gazillion dollars. Gazillion is a word I use a word a lot. But how, how, with one idea, with one idea. All right, Mike, what is that? So one thing that very few authors do and it's surprising that they don't, but it's kind of an evolved concept, and anyone can do it, is packaging and bundling. So let me explain something. If you're a trade publisher and you're with a company like Random House or Doubleday or Viking or Simon & Schuster, you have to sell a lot of books, a lot of books to make a lot of money. They're only about... 2% 2% probably of the of the authors in their stables that do that. But nonetheless, if you want to make a lot of money from a book, it's in the packaging and the bundling. So you, how much can you make from a book? $20, $40 if you're lucky on, on the retail price. 
And and what's what's your triple net? Your triple net on a on a twenty dollar book might be three dollars or four dollars if you're lucky. If you're running a lean machine, mm-hmm. but if you bundle your book with a notebook or, or, or a notepad and a pen and a towel and a, and a cap and a, and a book bag and a bookmark and a doll and a toy or, I mean, you're not going to put all these things into one package, but if you have a package that has four or five things that are this book, you can sell the package for two or three hundred dollars rather than the book for nineteen ninety nine. If you have a poster and a and a um, a specialty offer like a webinar or a membership group or an event, a ticket to an event, or I mean whatever your items are, a water bottle and and some underwear with your name on it. I don't know who's going to wear that. <laughs> right. Try it. You don't know. That might be very much marketing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) The point is, I call it family familyizing. You're making a family of your product. I once had a business when I was young in the plush toy business, and I called it familyizing by having a giant lion and a, 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 a papa lion and a mama lion and three uh, sizes of children lions and then a bunch of little tiny cubs. And there were like nine or ten sizes that people could, uh, could buy. And sometimes they bought the whole family. And sometimes they only bought some of them. Mark Victor Hansen used to call this creating a funnel where somebody buys a $5 uh, book or a $10 book, and then they buy a $20 tape, and then they buy a $50 cap, and then they buy a $100 jacket, and then they buy a $200 webinar, and then a $500 live ticket and a $2,000 coaching or they buy the $2,000 thing and then they buy this and that and that going down the funnel. The point is, is that you want to be able to keep generating as much money from the same thing as you can. It's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a, a wet towel that's been in the rain for, for weeks and weeks. Wring it out and get every drop of, value of money that is that is soaked into that towel as you can and keep wringing it and then soak it again and wring it again no i love i love i love the word familyizing i'm going to use it and um, i'll credit yeah but i'm going to use it but it, it's really important that people get the concept that it's not a $20 book. It's a $200 or $500 package. Armin Morin has been teaching this for, I don't know, 30 years. Tom Antion for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 Tony Robbins is the master of that. Have you ever been to a Tony Robbins event like Day with Destiny? It's stunning. It is stunning what people end up working I, over. My, my first time at Date with Destiny, I was late getting there, and I was blown 
away. The entire hallway from one end to the other was one booth after another after another. Clothing, timeshares, vacation packages, coaching programs, uh, toys, uh, health care, and, and supplements. And I mean, he had, must have had 30 or 40 booths that looked like his own little mini trade show. And they were all Tony Robbins product services and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And this, this isn't reserved to Tony Robbins. It's available to anybody. However, you have to be strategic. You can't just throw the spaghetti on the wall. You have to know where you're going and how to do it before you set out. You have to have a plan. You have to have a, a, an intention, a deadline. And most of all, you have to have a mentor or a guide to help you along this, this process because you can lose a lot of time and energy and money doing it the wrong way. Right. So, and let me ask you this. Have you ever not followed your own advice? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, did yeah. I did a book during the pandemic mm-hmm. called Side Hustle with Muscle. And uh, what should have taken me two months to get the book out took me about eight or nine months to get the book out. Mm-hmm. Because, because of the pandemic? Was, no, it was because for the first six months of working on the project, I wasn't listening to my own advice. All right. So what did you ignore? I ignored getting things done rapidly. So I'd I'd like to give you my my own analogy of the publishing, no, not publishing, of business and enterprise and and an airplane. An airplane requires two things in order to take and maintain flight. One is velocity. And one is lift. Lift is when wind goes over the top of the wing and lifts the plane into the air. Without lift, the plane cannot get off the ground. Without velocity, without enough velocity pushing the plane forward, the plane cannot get enough velocity to get up and stay in the air. If you have enough lift but not enough velocity, you're going to fall out of the sky. If you have enough uh, velocity and not enough lift, you're just going to go straight into a tree and explode. You have to have speed and you have to have uh, momentum to get off the ground. And that's what a lot of people, whether you're an author or a publisher or you're running a liquor store or you're driving a cab, if you're trying to meet goals and get somewhere, you have to get speed and velocity and lift to get there. I I absolutely do believe this. It's like they're the dynamic duel, uh, especially for book marketing, for book marketing. Um, that you've got, you've got to have the strategy. Absolutely. You've got to know where you're going, but you've, you've, but you've got to have the plan that incorporates both of those. Uh, Otherwise the window closes and you miss the boat. I agree. And you know, one of the, one of the ways that you can really explode your results is by having a mentor or a coach or even a partner. Although uh, Guy Kawasaki says, the best partner to have is no partner. So. Well, yeah, knowing Guy, I think one of the things is, I think the best partner to have is yourself. Right. But you got to be, 
if, if you're not committed and in the game and in playing, it's worthless. It's worthless. But, but it's hard to play a game by yourself, right? I mean, oh not, no, I agree. Yeah. Not everything is solitaire, but yes. you can build a team, and a team is what's going to keep you moving forward and lifting you up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the, that team is a chicken team. It's an accountability team. And the, and the encouragers, they keep you going because you know, Michael, and some of this stuff, um, I mean, it is work. It's not easy peasy. And there are times you, you, you do need the gooser to come in and, okay, I'm keeping going here. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I I have twelve people that I call my the Heat, the Herman Executive Accountability Team. And every year, not joking. Every yeah, year, I love this, it. Yeah. This is the seventh year that I'm I'm having I'm operating the Heat. The Heat is a group of twelve people, twelve to fifteen people that I invite into a conversation every January via letter to help me stay excellent, to help me stay on track. And can I tell you that I just had the best year in 2022 that I've had in about 15 or 20 years. Oh, and congratulations. One of the reasons is because I had, uh, of the 12 people that started, I started with in January, still had seven or eight of them were on my tail all the time about keeping me accountable for what I declared in January for the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's, I think we all need that kind of stuff. Um, um, and I know I can, I, I can tell you every Friday morning, I start off with 20 authors that I work with in different levels and different areas and varieties. And what we do, is, there is an accountability factor. There is an encouraging factor. Um, and one of the things I actually did um, on the most recent Friday morning, I, I become the accountability cop for them and going around, you know, from what worked, what didn't work, where you're going, da-da-da-da, and what are we doing this year? And it's, you know, some had long faces and some were jumping up and down like you. You just had the best year you've had in a long time. Um, and it was interesting. Um, and I, so I think that's really important. Judith, can we circle back to the question that you asked me at the very beginning of this segment, this, mm-hmm. which was about making lots and lots of money from your books? So right. One of the other really important strategies that authors and writers and artists have to employ, employ is they have to think like Grant Cardone says, who's got my money? Now, like Grant or not, don't like Grant, he's got the right message. Who's got my money? And where do I go? How do I go to get it? So in my case, we specialize in selling books to large book order customers. So the military, the federal government, state governments, local governments, PTAs, book clubs, NGOs, colleges, etc. groups that sell lots and lots, buy, sorry, buy lots and lots of books at a time. Because I'd rather sell, spend my time getting a sale for a thousand books or 20,000 books, then spend the same time getting 
a cell for whatever the other number would be. Okay, Michael, hold that thought so we can come back. Hold the thought. We'll come back. We'll start in a second. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Michael J. Herman. He's an old friend, a colleague, speaking. He's one of my speaking pals. Um, and he, he, like me, crisscrossed the country, the world, um, selling our expertise, I guess. Is that the way we sell it? Hey, Michael, we're putting our expertise out there. Yeah. And so we've kissed on, you know, the IP, the intellectual property, but the way to drill that down, drill that down. And when we went to the break, he, he was kissing on one of their strategies is that he didn't want to ever he didn't want to put his energy in and he doesn't put his energy into selling just one book and, and, and grossing twenty dollars and maybe netting three by the times it's all over. He went for the big sales. So I'm going to throw it back to you because you were talking about the bulk. We were talking about some bulk transactions, right? Well, what I was trying to starting to get to, Judith, is that the opportunities are not only in retail book sales. They're not only in Walmart exactly. and, and Costco and uh, Barnes & Noble, wherever those still exist. But more books are sold to the federal government than to any other book buyer in the country, if maybe in the world, that probably. And there are so many different ways to sell to the government. You can sell to local government, regional government, state government, federal government. I'm not going to get into that process in this conversation, but I will say that if you're interested in selling to the government, there is a website, and Mm -hmm. I, I just was on it a few days ago, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, Maybe while we're on the air, I might be able to dig it up because I, I am actually aware of that. 
And it's it's been on my radar, my hit list. That you know what? I, I I turned off my phone so that it wouldn't disturb us or ring in during the call. I'm putting it on now to get my note. Um, but my point is is that there are lots and lots of ways and places to sell books and other things than in retail. The, the government is a great place if you can get into selling to the government because they pay in full, they pay on time, and they don't do returns. So when you sell to Barnes & Noble, you if you're a publisher, you can get back you know 90 or 100% of your books back if they don't sell. Dog mm-hmm. ear damaged, six months net, who knows? And then you have to pay for the shipping and the drayage as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the government, you don't have to do that. Or with PTAs or book clubs or uh, zoos or other organizations, trade shows and associations that um, that buy books in bulk, um, there are opportunities that, that you, I'm, I'm bringing up my notes here. Hang on just a second. Well, you know, one of them I'm aware of is the GSA, GSA.gov. GSA changed, and that's what I'm going to tell you. It's Sam, like Sam.gov. Yeah, Sam.gov. Sam.gov and Sam.org. So if you want to sell to the government, register with Sam.gov. And start doing that. You don't have you don't have to be a big bookseller. You don't have to be a big author. You don't have to be Mark Victor Hansen to sell to the government. No, but you can be if you. And actually, I have a a story. My friend Elaine Dumler wrote a book on deployment. Deployment, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands people of books were purchased. I mean, they, she traveled the world supporting our military and their families on deployment with this little book she what created. What about libraries? Do you know that libraries are a huge uh, vein for writers, money mm-hmm. vein for writers? Because not only books, e-books, audiobooks, it, again, multidimensionalized. What can you get out of your book? Exactly. So, I mean, I, what, I think what we're trying to do for all of you, dear listeners, is to think bigger. Think bigger. Think, yeah. think differently. And di- differently, you know, yeah. I know, I know. You also have to ask yourself, do you want to be rich or do you want to be famous? Because I know a lot of rich people that aren't famous, and I know a lot of famous people that don't have a pot to piss in. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the truth, Michael? <laughs> and I will, I will go one step forward. The richest authors that I know, mm-hmm. and I network with, and that I've met, you've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't recognize them on the street, and you may not even recognize their names in some ways. I mean, they could be hidden behind a gazillion other names. Um, so maybe it's, it goes back to the old axiom: you need to work smarter and not harder. And you have to take care of your own self-conscience, consciousness. You have to maintain positive mental feedback. You, you know, this is a very grueling and insular uh, experience being an author. You're there by yourself, you're usually working mm-hmm. by yourself, even if you have a partner or, or an employee. 
it's very it can be very very emotionally and mentally overwhelming mm-hmm. don't so, forget like that oh, oh no and get on get on yourself be your own cheerleader wake up in the morning and tell yourself this is going to be a freaking awesome day Go to sleep mm-hmm. at night and say, tomorrow's going to be the best day of my life. And when you're dreaming, have amazing, creative, outlandish, positive, inspiring dreams so that when you wake up, you can manifest that in your waking hours. I think so. I think some some of the most successful authors that bring in part of that balance, you know, they work, they do work hard, but they also play hard. They have a good time. Um, that they've learned to uh, do some compartmentalizing. I mean, we all have bad days. We all have bad spots. Not everything goes perfecto. But they've learned to, okay, when I wake up tomorrow morning, it's going to be a freaking awesome day. I'm going to have all these things going well. And I think, I mean, I think that helps all of us. You know, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom all the time. Here's something else I also want want to mm-hmm. add to that, which is Greg Jacobson in his book, Think Yourself Happy, tells mm-hmm. us to do what you love and don't do what you don't love. Yeah. People that you like <laughs> and don't hang out with people you don't like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so I'm checking. These are my quotes I give to people. <laughs> Just that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yes. I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why people love to hang out with people who are depressive, who are naysayers, who knock down everything you do. What does that do for you? Judith, you know what? Here, here's my take on that. Flies, okay. flies group together with other flies and elephants yes. group together with other elephants. And whales swim with whales, and guppies swim with guppies. If you're going, if you want to be a whale, don't hang out with guppies. It's like the old story: the chicken who who thought he was mm-hmm. a pigeon or something. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a, a fable like that? An eagle, oh yes, an eagle thought he was a chicken. Oh yes, that's it. Yes, don't you? Well, don't you remember that crazy guy? Who I, I can't remember. They called him the Eagle something. He was a Brit, and he he and he wanted to be a um, a Olympian, and he, his goal was oh, not. Yeah, you know, Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle, right? Yeah, and it was really a great, wonderful story. I mean, yeah. he he became beloved of that Olympics. Everyone knew he wasn't going to win, but they didn't care. They he loved they loved his attitude, his enthusiasm, his can do. I'm going to do this. I am going to qualify. And that's what he did. And here's the other thing about hanging out with people that are positive, inspired, loving, humorous, happy, enthusiastic, is that the more that you hang out with them, the more you get that way. And the more you are that way on your own, the more you generate that. So uh, an object put into motion stays in motion. An object... That's not in motion, stays not in motion. A rock on the ground is going to stay a rock on the ground unless it's put into motion. But a tumbleweed, and I grew up in Los Angeles in the 80s when we had a lot of tumbleweeds here, stays rolling as long as it stays rolling. 
It's amazing. I remember the tumbleweeds of Los Angeles as someone who was born in L.A. So I'm going way back here. All right. So, Michael. We don't have them anymore, by the way. I know they're gone. You know, skyscrapers do those things, too. Um, So in your opinion, so, you know, what would you do? Where is the real money in publishing and how do you get it? Is it by pulling out the IP, by creating the spinoff products, by looking at the magic bundling, by doing the deep diving into, I love, I, I, you know, I've it's been in the back of my head, um, pushing with the government. You know, I had a friend who was very successful with that, but getting into these specialty sales. Is that where the real money is? Yes, it's in all those things. It's in licensing. It's in partnerships. It's in product productizing. It's in selling. I mean, you can make money selling books. Mark Victor Hansen, I was out to lunch with him one day, and he told me that they were going to start selling books in 99-cent-only stores. I don't know if he ever did that. It, this was a conversation right about 12 or 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, how can you make any money selling a book in the 99-cent-only store? He said, well, if we sell them for a quarter and they sell for a dollar or 50 cents, they sell for a dollar and we sell a million books, it's a half a million dollars that we just made. So my point is be entrepreneurial. Find out where the money is. How can you get the most out of your book? I'm not even going to say book, IP. Is it creating a board game? Is it creating an uh, an online game? Is it creating an online uh, experience? But here's something, speaking about online, that we have to be careful of because we as writers, as authors, as creative people are in danger. Judith, we're in danger. We're actually in mortal danger. Are you you talking about some of the artificial intelligence that's coming in? Bingo! Bingo! Uh, (laughs) Bingo! could literally put an end to a lot of writers' careers. Okay, so uh, I and we're, we're right up to our final break here, but I will just say that I had a friend who was all hot to trot and doing all these things, and he wrote this blog about how it's it's just so much for that. And so he write, he's decided to create a book um, written by the robots, and he sent it over to me and he said, what do you think? And I said, this is a piece of shit. There is, there is no energy in it. There is no emotion. There is no heart. But there there is no soul. But but eventually there will be. But with that, let's take a final break here. With me is Michael J. Herman. Um, And we're really talking about author success. How do you get there? Where do you start the steps? So when we come back, let's talk about seven ways of breaking through so we don't crack up, Michael. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. 
Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Okay, so when we went to the break, Michael and I were talking about it, and he was dangling like a gigantic carrot here that we could be an endangered species. And I knew he was tracking toward this thing called AI that's surfacing along there, and it has a long way to go. So, Michael, you're on the experience that it could actually take over all writing? No. I just think it's going to take away a lot of the opportunities that exist for writers. I think that uh, ad copywriters are in danger. I think that um, newspaper writers are in danger. I think that, not not newspaper, news writers, sorry, we don't have newspapers anymore. Um, I love newspapers. Well, try to find one in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, the LA Weekly, they used to have 80 pages or 120 pages in, in an issue every week, now has eight sheets of paper, and that's Oh, it. my. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh. So I, I don't think writing is going away. I just think it's going to, to change, and once AI gets even more developed, it's going to take – it's going to impact a lot of creative development. Okay, I I will concur with that, but I also think that as writers, if you will be creative, unique, understand the power of storytelling in your unique way, and you can bring it out, you still will have an edge. Um, 
And and then the other thing is that, uh, and I know, Michael, you agree with me, because we, we kissed on that as we opened, that a lot of books are published today, and they shouldn't be. And I've always said, to, uh, you know, d d should you, you know, is your story important? Get it out. Yeah. I want to interrupt on that for just a second, because I don't think it's that they shouldn't be. I think that... I, th I think if you publish, if you publish or publish your book, you need to treat it like a book, like a business, not exactly. like. Exactly, but they don't. That's my problem. They they think that the door will, you know, their door will fly open, rip off the hinges, and the world will just pounce on them. And that's not the way it is. There's work and there is a strategy. And you and I have been out here for several decades, where we have seen a lot of people who had all these ideas are gone. Well, I, we, we, had, we had a colleague, on, I won't share his name, mm -hmm. but I know that you knew him, um, mm -hmm. who used to say to me, he wishes he could find someone to just do the work, that he could create the content and just have someone sell, do all the publishing and editing and, and selling, just give him, a, give him a percentage. And I said, well, why would they give you a percentage if they're doing all the work? It's your business. It's your content. Yeah, it's it's. But that's ninety percent of a lot of authors, Michael. They just they just want to write, and they want everything else to be done by other people or miraculously just happen. And I'm the exact opposite, by the way, Judith. I don't want someone else to manage my content. When I write an article for a magazine or 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 a blog. Mm -hmm. I don't send it in so that they can rewrite it. I send it in so that when it, when it's sent in, there's no editing required. I when I work with the, with the magazine editor, I don't want them taking my content and and moving this paragraph somewhere else in in the article so it doesn't make sense. Which actually happened to me at a magazine where I was one of the editors. The magazine <laughs> editor took a paragraph from the top, put it at the bottom, took a paragraph from the bottom, put it at the top, and sent it back to me. So what do you think? And I said, this is terrible. It doesn't make any sense now. I know. It's hard. All right. So let's jump in. We just have really a few minutes. Um, I wanted to get back to some of the things. You, you, you know, you, you're so rich with so, such great ideas. But mm -hmm. let's talk about... Um, you know, I mentioned about breaking through, avoid cracking up, but also how do we come profitable in this business? Okay, so here's some some strategies, some points to really follow, and I hope you'll 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 take notes. Maybe I, I I've been taking notes all along, Michael. Not you, the audience. Oh. They may be driving or or <laughs> water skiing. I don't know. <laughs> The first one is attitude. You have to be a taskmaster on your attitude. You have to be a taskmaster on your on your productivity. You have to be a taskmaster on your emotional state. Don't ride the wave up and down and up and down like the emotions can go. You have to know how to ride a crest and when it breaks, how to get the next wave as soon as you can. Because otherwise you can get trampled and, and deluged by the other waves that come right after that one. Fitness. You Look, everybody has a different level of fitness and health. You have to stay fit, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, cognitively, whatever. However you need to do it, you need to stay fit and resilient. Diet. 
diet and health are more important today than ever before. If you're an author or a publisher or an artist, you need to be fit and, and have a healthy mind, body, spirit connection. Otherwise, the clog that happens is between you and your art and your manifestation. Um, you want you you want to be lively and happy and inspired all the time. Now, I know Judith, you and I were talking off, off during the break about how you can't be up all the time. You can't be up all the time, but you know what? There are more people that are down all the time than up all the time. You got to get yourself up. You got to pick yourself up off the ground. You got to find a way to stay inspired and happy and change your. State Mike uh, Mike Weeks has a great um, has a great expression that I love. He's a British speaker and coach friend of mine out of the UK. He says, "Change your state." He never does anything important if he's not in a peak state because anything that you do in a peak state is going to have peak results. If you don't have peak state, you'll have less than peak results. Oh, I, I, do, I actually do believe that. I can't tell you how many of my clients who I've worked with, you know, time goes by and I'll just get a call. And I said, I need to book an hour with you. I just need a Judith goose. I just need to come in and get regenerated. <laughs> I, I have someone who calls my voicemail just to hear my answering machine, my, my voicemail outgoing message and hangs up. <laughs> okay. You have to reinvent yourself all the time. Absolutely. Reinvent who you are, what you're doing, and how you're doing it, and where you're going. Always reinvent yourself. And I think, you know, the, the most important one, I'm, I'm going to leave with this. I don't know if I did five or six or seven now. Well, we're on six now. We're on number six. Okay, six. So I'll give you one, one more. It's have high expectations. Set your expectations beyond what you're capable of. So that doesn't mean if you've never made a million dollars in your life, if you've never made $100,000 in your life, don't set your goal this year to make a million or 10 million because you're probably not skilled at that yet. But if you set your goal at making 100 grand or 200 grand, that's doable. It's not to say that you can't make a million or 10 million or 100 million or a billion. Not saying you can't, but chances are you won't. But if you set your goals higher than you can reach, you will very likely reach them. T. Harv Eker talks about his uh, about the the analogy with the ice cream. If your child wants an, an ice cream cone and you give them one one scoop and they drop it on the ground, you wouldn't give them three scoops because they can't handle one yet. You give them one, another one until they can master one and then build up to two and three. The same thing goes with setting goals and, and attaining them. And I'm going to finish with this last one, which I've touched on, I think, two times already in this call, which is coaching. Coaching, mentorship, leadership, team building, accountability. Get that. Get that in your life, in your business. Get a consultant. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a partner. Get yourself someone who knows what they're doing, where they've been, it has been or is where you want to go. 
Because if you're coaching someone who doesn't know how to get to where you want to go or hasn't gotten there, they can't take you there. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't know the route, they can't take you. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email is booksonbooks, B-O-O-K-S-O-N-B-O-O-K-S at AOL.com. My phone number at the office is area code 818-894-4610. And you can reach me through Judith or my website, com, But... I really hope that whatever you do, you take to heart the fact that you can do this. There's nothing I've talked about, whether it's selling to the government or premium sales or selling 100,000 books or selling a million dollars worth of products or doubling or tripling or 10xing your income or having the life that you want and deserve. There's nothing about that that you cannot have and do. Oh, that, that's, it's, it's almost like the end of a sermon, Michael. You know, do I say amen? What do we do here? All right, so with that, <laughs> with that um, thank you, all of you listening in. Thank you for spending this past hour with Michael um, Herman and myself. And, and remember, your authoring, your published success is always, always up to you. Remember that your words matter. So what we want you to do, certainly I want you to do, is to be successful, to get them out and support them. And remember, this is not just a one-day deal, a one-way deal. This is however you want to sell books. You have to keep selling them, finding the right way to do it that's a fit for you. But look at these alternative areas that Michael opened up. Look at what your IP, your, your IP is this intellectual property that will spin off all these other ideas that maybe you haven't thought of. And I love the idea of creating an advisory team that will hold you accountable. And with that, Michael, thank you again for being with us. Thanks. For being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryan.